All right. So here we go. So we are beginning 2022, doing something that was on my heart uh, before I became pastor uh, in March of 2018. So I'm coming up March of 4th of 18 will be my fourth full year as pastor at Living Word. And before I became pastor here, um, I knew that in my heart, God had shown me what the word says about elders um, and the importance of a multiplicity of elders within the life of a congregation. And Living Word, for all of its history, um, pr- primarily in the, in the form of, of elders, um, had staff elders. Those were full-time in ministry. And, and I was one of those that came on staff full-time in 2013. Started attending Living Word in 2009 when we were still on the Val High campus. And I came on staff full-time in 2013 as an assistant pastor. But to my knowledge, and if you've been here long enough, you, you could correct me uh, after service. Uh, but to my knowledge, we have never formally had ordained lay elders in the life of this congregation. And the church has been around for 42 plus years now. And I felt like that was a desire the Lord put on my heart to be able to, to see happen at Living Word. And it was something that I couldn't do right away. You know, something that I had to kind of get myself established in the church and in the ministry and and get to know people, begin to build those relationships and begin to have the Lord lay on my heart to to, to see certain men and and spend time with them and get to know them and and wait for the right time. And 14 months ago or so, a little bit longer than that really, probably a year and a half uh, ago, I started thinking about and praying about who would be the first group of, of men that we would begin this journey with. And we started with 20, with 20 men. I invited 20 men that I felt like could potentially have the call of an elder in the life of this congregation. And I'm going to define what elder is and what this is about, what this role is biblically. But I felt like there was, I picked these 20 men that I felt like would be, uh, could be qualified and have that call. And um, it's down to seven now. So we have seven men that made it through that process. That, and, the, and, these, and there was various reasons why some of the others did not make it through, but most of the reasons were because they didn't feel like it was their call. After they began to investigate, and I had a book for them to read on what biblical eldership looks like, and some of them, they read the book and said, nope, that is not me. I don't want any part of that. Not that they don't want to do anything else in the body of Christ, but that was not their call. And so these other men started this journey, and, and I've never uh, had to raise up elders. This is my first time in, in doing this. And so I feel like this first round of men that I was able to pour my heart into about pastoral ministry, they were guinea pigs. Uh, I, I look back at the curriculum that I came up with, and I didn't write a lot of the messages and the curriculums and the books. I, I used a lot of resources that are out there. Uh, but I formulated the order in which you would go through it. I, I look back at it now and I think, man, um, compared to what probably other churches are doing, this is like preschool. And the brothers that went through it, they may say something a little different, but that's how I felt. Uh, but it was, it had, we had to start. I had to start doing that. I had to start at some point. And so the question that people may ask is, is why train and install new elders at Living Word Church? Why put into place and ordain men as elders within the life of a congregation outside of the paid staff elders that you already have. And I think there's, there's a couple of reasons. Well, the first main reason is because it is not just a good idea, but it's a biblical idea. It's a biblical idea. And I'm going to show you why it's a biblical idea. 
But I, I believe, before we talk about that, that, that one of the main reasons why it's a good idea is that I believe that there are, are men that are called to be elders, pastors, in the life of a congregation that will have a career outside of vocational ministry. And that it's important that they are recognized and acknowledged in the life of a congregation to be able to work together with all of the elders to shepherd the flock of God in this church. And that it should not only be limited to those who might be full, full-time in ministry. And I just think it, it, it really gives an opportunity for those who have that specific elder pastor call to be raised up, to be empowered, and to be encouraged to step into that, that role, even though they may have a full-time career outside of church ministry. So it's a biblical idea. And listen to what the Word of God says. Acts 4.23. Just to give you, just, just a taste. This is... This is in Acts 14, the church had just been birthed. It says, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Appointed elders, right? In the early church, the beginning of the church. Then the church has been established for many years. And you see Paul telling Titus, and, and you see this in Titus 1.5. This is why I left you, Titus, in Crete, so that you may put what remained in order. And how do you put things in order? You appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Elders. Acts 20. This is Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders. He says this, Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. First Peter 5.1. So I exhort the elders among you. As a fellow elder, Peter says, and as a witness of the sufferings of Christ and as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Elders. Fellow elders. And then what about James 5.14? It says, is, is anyone among you sick? Let him do what? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of, of the Lord. So what is an elder? You, you, you see, and this is just a small snippet, you see in the New Testament the role of the elder. It's, it's, it's all throughout the New Testament. So what is an elder? The word elder is interchangeable with the word overseer and pastor. It's the same word. It's used interchangeably in the New Testament. So, so I am an elder, and I'm a pastor. I'm an overseer. God's, been, God's given me a charge to be the overseeing elder of this congregation. And then God calls other elders to come, to come alongside and share in that pastoral shepherding role. So an elder is a pastor, and a pastor is an elder. That's what the term means. Now, elder, in this context, when we're talking about the role of elder... It doesn't specifically mean older. That's what most people think. Oh, you're installing a bunch of older people in ministry. No, it, it could mean that. And there could be, I'm not going to say that any of the guys I'm installing today as elders are older. I would never say that in front of the whole congregation. But some of them are older than me. Um, but it is not talking about age. It's talking about spiritual maturity. That somebody who is called to be an elder, and we will get to that when we read over, when I give these brothers their charge, we'll read over their qualifications. And, and, and spiritual maturity is a part of that qualification. So in every place where elders are mentioned, this is so important, I, I want us to get this. In every place that elders are mentioned, they're mentioned primarily in plurality, in plural terms. God has established that churches should be led by a plurality of elders, a multiplicity of elders, that, that I am not the only pastor elder in the life of this church that is called to lead this church, that, that, that there should be many men that God has set apart as elders and pastors to lead this congregation. 
And one of the most powerful examples, I want to read this quickly. One of the most powerful examples of this New Testament principle is found in the Old Testament. If you remember Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. Now, I don't know, some of you don't want to listen to your father-in-law. There's times where I haven't wanted to listen to my father-in-law, but he reminds me that, that he gave me his best gift ever and that I need to listen to him. But Moses was busy about meeting the needs of a million people. Over a million people that he had, God had used him to lead out of Egypt. And listen to this. The next day Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw, that all, saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and, and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and, and another. And I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. That, that, that is such a profound reality of the role of a pastor. Listen, that is the role of an elder and a pastor in a nutshell. It is his job to make known the statutes and the laws of God, the word of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for this thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. That's a big one, huh? Come on, father-in-law. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. You shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people. Men who what? Here's the qualifications. Fear God. Trustworthy. Hate a bribe. Place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Do you see the principle? This is a principle. You see it in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. Multiplicity of elders. That it cannot be just Moses as a singular leader. As the only one who preaches and teaches and leads and counsels and disciples and shepherds. There has to be a multiplicity of elders. Because this is the way that God has established it in his word. So as, as I said, this has been my aim since 2018. And, and we're down to these seven men, not, not down to, God revealed these seven men as the ones who I believe uh, God has called, the first round of men that God has called. This would be something that will continue. Uh, this would be something that will continue. And God will raise up other men who feel a pastoral call to eldership in the life of this church. And God will show me, or God will show you, and you, God, God will show you, you come talk to me, and if there's confirmation... You know, you may be called to it, but you, but you may not. There has to be a time of proving and testing. But God will raise up other men, and we will continue as a pattern in the life of this church to raise up men to be pastors, to be shepherds. And some of these men that we raised up throughout the years, as the Lord gives me time here, we will send them out to plant churches. We will send them out to be missionaries to plant churches. We will send them out all over as God would call us. So here we go. Here's what we're going to do now. We presented these seven men, and one of them is not going to be able to be here. And we are so sad about that, and he is watching right now, Brother Bill Bolton. Uh, he is not able to be here because he is sick, but we will ordain him next Sunday. So he, he wanted to have a service all to himself. 
And so we're going to take care of uh, Bill next Sunday. I'm sorry, Bill. I, I, I know that's not true. But we will have six brothers. So I would ask those brothers to come up right now. Would you please welcome Daniel LaFont, Shane Scott, Scott Roden, Jacques DePlantis, Brian Harper, and Manny Vera. So after years of knowing each brother, and after 14 months of training these men, they had to go through it. They had to commit to 14 months of um, listening to me and other ministers that I would encourage them to listen to and books. How many books did you guys read? A lot of books. I forget the exact total, maybe 10 or 12 books, something like that. And, um, and so after 14 months, and, and, and actually after many years of knowing all these brothers, having friendships and knowing them, um, it is my joy to be able to talk to them. So I would like to give you a charge. So how are we going to do this? I guess I'm a, I hate to turn my back to the crowd. Um, I, didn't even, I didn't think this part through. Uh, we're just going to turn back to the crowd, so y'all are going to be able to watch here. So, as I said earlier, there's qualifications for this. It's not just like somebody comes up and says, hey, I, I, I want to be an, an elder pastor in the life of a congregation. Sign, sign me up. I want to sign up for the fundamentals class and to be an elder. No, there, there's, there's qualifications. And here are your qualifications. And these are qualifications for everyone, whether you're vocational or not. First Timothy 3. Verses 1 through 7. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if anyone, if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the, of the devil." And I want to say this, these qualifications are not something that you fulfill in your life and you check the box. Okay, I got it. I'm good to go. These are a lifestyle that you live. You maintain these qualifications. This is my call and this is your call that you're stepping into. And all those that are pastors here right now, this is our call and we live these qualifications. We live them as the lifestyle of our life. So these are the qualifications. Now here is your responsibility. 1 Peter 5, verses 1 through 3. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. So I exhort the elders that are among us as a fellow elder. And as a witness of the sufferings of Christ. I was not a witness of the sufferings of Christ. uh, But as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. Here's your call. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. That's your call. This is the call that you are accepting as an elder in the life of this congregation to shepherd 
the flock of God that is among us as elders and as pastors. It says that you should do it willingly, not under compulsion. I didn't put a gun to your head, did I? I didn't twist your arm. I didn't beg you. Some of you, you question that are right here, right now, you question whether this was for you. And, and I tried my best not to convince you to do it. You have to have, what does it say in First Timothy 3? If anyone aspires, he desires a noble task. I can't create a, an aspiration or a desire in your heart for elder ministry. That's something God has to put in you. So some of you question, and I just tried to encourage you. Look, you have to know if this is your call. And all of you, um, unless you're second-guessing yourself right now, uh, have felt this call. And your responsibility is to do it willingly, not under compulsion. And, it's to, and you're to do it with a submissive heart. And you're to do it not domineering, uh, but with compassion and love. Um, you know, our call as shepherds is to tend sheep. And sometimes sheep bite. Y'all would never do that, would you? <laughs> sometimes sheep bite. Shepherds, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just, that's the analogy the Lord used. I, I, I didn't make this up. It's not always easy to lead a congregation of people because you have different ideas and opinions and views and different spiritual levels and new Christians and old Christians and all in between. And, and the, the, the call and the desire and the passion is there. God places it there to shepherd God's people, but it's not always an easy road. It's not always a, a smooth path. But our job is to never be impatient, never be domineering, never be overbearing. And that is one of the tests of our life as shepherds, as pastors. And one of the greatest responsibilities we have is to be examples to the flock, as it says there in First Peter. But be examples. That when you step into this role, you step into a role now, you have a bullseye on your back. You have a bullseye on your back now. People see that we are recognizing you as elders in this congregation. So now, now people are supposed to want to look at you now and to look at the pattern of your life and to follow those examples Listen to another part of your responsibility, Acts 20. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Wow. I mean, every time I read that scripture, I think about it very often. The people that are in this congregation that the Lord will send, they are his people, and they're his people via the purchasing of those people by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be redeemed. You're bought back. You are, God has redeemed the people unto himself. And he paid for that redemption through his life, through his blood. So they're not our people. We may be called to oversee them and to shepherd them and to care for them. But they belong to Christ. So what that does is, is it raises the responsibility level. Very, very high. These are his people that he bought. Verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, your call is to remain alert. Our call is to remain alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Wow. <laughs> Verse 31 is so powerful. He says, he says be alert. Because there's wolves that are in not only the church, but there's wolves that are in the culture. And they're going to try to come in to the minds and the ears and the hearts of God's people to lead them astray, to follow after idols. 
And our job is to stay alert and listen to what Paul says there. Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. You hear the heart of Paul? He says, day and night I pray and I cry tears for the well-being and the safety of God's people and his church. And that's the responsibility and the call that you're taking upon yourselves as elders. So do you accept this call? So I have some questions to ask you. Number one, do you affirm your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Do you believe the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, to be the word of God, totally trustworthy, fully inspired, without error, and sufficient for the whole of the Christian life? Do you commit to mutually submitting to your fellow elders in the Lord? Do you commit that at any time you find yourself out of accord with any of the statements of faith or living word that you will, on your own initiative, make known to the other elders of the change that has taken place in your views? Do you commit to pursue faithfulness in the fulfilling of your desires, of your duties as an elder? And will you endeavor by the grace of God to walk in integrity as you live out the qualifications of your call? Are you now willing to take personal responsibility in the life of this congregation as an elder, to shepherd and lead, to devote yourself to prayer, the ministry of the word, and relying on the grace of God to be a blessing to this congregation. Now, I got two questions for you. You thought you were going to escape without questions, so here are the questions for you. Do you, members of Living Word Church, acknowledge and publicly receive these men as elders and a gift from the Lord to this congregation? Will you love them and pray for them, support and encourage and work together with them humbly and cheerfully that by the grace of God, we may accomplish the mission God has given Living Word Church? Amen. All right. You guys accepted it and they accepted you. Now, this is what I would like to do. I'd like to take uh, a microphone right here and uh, I would like to start right here with Brother Daniel LaFont and I want them to share from their heart to you what this role means to them. Good morning. Uh, the other day I went to look up. I was I keep being asked how long I've been a member of this church, and I, I keep forgetting. And uh, it's actually been 28 years uh, that my family and I have been members of Living Word Church, and there've been some just awesome, awesome years. Our family grew up here. For you that don't know, I have five children, all married, and I have 11 grandkids. Number 12 on the way in April. So the Lord surely, surely has filled my quiver in ways that are just beyond the expectations I've ever had. All my children are serving the Lord and, and the people they're married to. And it's just an exciting thing for that to happen. And Living Word is a, a big part of that. A big part was my wife and I just surrendering totally to the Lord uh, some years ago. And decided uh, he was first and everything else was second. And we raised our family in that manner. <clears throat> I guess one of the stories I like to say is when I started doing that and I'd have some, doing some discipline with our children. We all do some discipline with our children. And especially your adult children, older children, the teens. And I'd show them the book. i say, if you can find anything in this book that disagrees with what dad said, then I'll go ahead and do exactly what it says. I found out years later that one of my sons, he'd be inside that he was turning the pages 
And his brother said, what you doing? He said, I'm going to find something in here. And he says, man, dad's read that thing. Just forget it. Whatever he said, let's just do it. But it got him to read the Bible. And that's what I was looking to do. Uh, you never know what your impact is, but whatever you do, you do impact your children. I'm just grateful uh, for this class. You know, I feel like I was for however many years under the, the teaching of Renee Monet and, and Freddie Fry and Vern Trosclair, people that were here when I came, and now Brother Ben. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Ben, as guinea pigs, I think he did a good job. Uh, we, I learned some things I'd never seen before inside this class, as long as you've been around. Uh, I should mention that I'm one of the elder elders. <laughs> I am 67. And then someone reminded me, Moses started at 80. So I said, okay, I'm a young guy compared to Moses. I didn't take as long as Moses did. But it, it, um, it's also an honor at this point for this to happen. For years I thought I was going to do something in ministry, and I feel like, realized God put me someplace else. So it really came out from left field for me when I was asked to do this because I thought I was kind of past that part. And it's been a, just such a great honor. Uh, I know he's going to call our family up in a while. I have some family members. They all wanted to be here. They were worried about how much of the altar we would take up. But uh, some of them got sick. Three of them got sick today. So we appreciate the prayers for them. I got a wave at the camera. They're watching on TV. And uh, really appreciate that. But I do want to mention a couple of, uh, I have some extra family that came down here today. But also I have two pastors that drove here from Baton Rouge today. Uh, Pastor Mark Lubbock, who's with Gulf South Men. Pastor Elmo Winters and his lovely bride, Therese, with the Kingdom Group. They have visited our church before for men's things, and they surprised me by uh, driving here today for this moment. And I'm really um, honored at that, because these men also have been influences in my life and, and what they have done. I uh, wanted to mention, you know, a lot of our children since coming here have done missionary work and a number of things, and and, and I think... It, again, this church has been a big part of that and what we stand on and what we believe in and, and all being part of all our children. We, when I'm here, it's not just about my children. I was involved with children's church and youth group and men's, men's group, you know, a number of things. And so everything we do has a, has, is a factor. What you do, my child's watching. Okay, they know the members of the church. So what you do, my child's watching, not just your child. So it's a great factor of what we do. We're all called to be leaders, whether you're a pastor or elder or just a member of the church. We're all called, and you all have impact. And they see you in the world at different places. They see you when you had that uh, ball game and using the wrong language. Forgive us, Lord. <laughs> okay? They see those things, and it's a factor for them. And we, we always need to remember that and what we're doing. Again, we started this 14 months ago. It was really good. Uh, it was not only good just to learn God's word. It was great to learn Pastor Ben's heart. I want to let you know it wasn't just us here. Vern was there. Jimmy was there. Mika was there. Dominica was there. You know, I'll, I might be missing somebody. Matt, Matt was there. Our pastors all went through this same program and did this walk with us. So it was good to even learn more about some of our current pastors. And, and there's some men here I did not know before this. I knew their faces and learned their hearts. And it's just been such a such a great journey. By the way, Bill Bolton gave me his three minutes, okay, so I have a little extra time. Yes, he did. <laughs> but I, 
I will end it with this. This is a very humbling thing. It's been humbling to me uh, to be here and to ask to do this. I want to live up to what uh, you would expect. I want to live up to what God has called us to do because at the end of the day, there's only one we answer to, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's something we've brought up when we, you know, start our prayers at our basketball games and athletic events. We play for an audience of one, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And here when we work, we work for an audience of one, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I was mostly moved looking at uh, John 21, 15 through 17, the Apostle Peter. And, you know, we all love the Apostle Peter. He was a person that had a lot of emotions. You know, when he said he died for Christ, then he goes and denied Christ three times. And because uh, we're human, we're flesh. And then Jesus gave him three times to make up for that. Three times Jesus said, you know, Peter, do you love me? And a couple of different versions, but if you look in King James, the first time when Jesus said, Lord, you know, I love you, Jesus said, feed my lambs. And the second time after he, he asked him, do you love me? And, and Peter said, you know, I love you. He said, tend my sheep. And the third time, Peter was really getting frustrated now. and said, Lord, you know, I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. We're called to be pastors of the flock. From the head pastor who leads the elders to the elders to be pastors to the flock. There's a lot of things we do. We can pray and work and help. But at the end of the day, God has called us to feed his sheep. That is, that is what we're called to do. And I just pray that I live up to that for all of you and uh, everyone else that uh, our church represents. Thank you. Good morning, Living Word Church. It is, it is a great honor to be here today, uh, to be called elder, to be named elder, to stand on the stage with these great men of God. It is both, uh, I'm both humbled and grateful for this opportunity. But more importantly, I am deeply humbled for the call of God upon my life because it's his call. There, there is no greater responsibility or wait than to stand before a congregation of people who, as Pastor Ben said, that have been bought and paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, his bride, his people, and to be given this charge to love, to shepherd, and to serve them. It it is an exciting time in our church right now because God has taken us deeper that we can grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And pastor, I thank you for your strong leadership and commitment and faithfulness. And living word, I thank you for your love, prayers, and support. Thank you. Good morning, living word church. What a journey it's been in 2017, I found myself, my wife, my family, at the end of a 30-year period of ministry. We came here broken. I remember running into Tina and Vern at Sam's, and he was like, I I think I'm going to come to Living Word. And he was ready to put me to work. And then uh, that Sunday prior to coming here, we went to Anchor Chapel, uh, where Josh Bourgeois pastored and we met 
Leverance and Katie Bourgeois and told them that we were thinking of coming here. So I came here on that first Sunday and we walked in. And the first thing Pastor Renee told me was, what are you doing here? And after a short conversation, he said something to me that I never forgot. He said, Brother Scott, just sit down and rest. And then after the service, I saw Ben here in the front, came down and Ben prayed for me. Uh, He was an assistant pastor. He prayed for me. And he told me something in the same service. He said, Brother Scott, I don't know if you remember this. Sit down and rest. So I guess what this means to me is the rest is over. (laughs) Uh, Love you guys. Pastor Matt said something to me probably over a year after I started coming to Living Word. As I walked up from the parking lot into the building, he said, that's the first time I saw you walk in here like this was your church. And this is my church. This is his church. It's a place where I found rest, much needed rest. My heart is to serve God. I love him so much. My family loves him so much. It's the first church I've ever been in where I, I can honestly introduce myself as Stephen's dad. I want to teach because I think that is something that God has given me. I never had to learn how to teach, and that's what gifts are. They're things that God just gives us. I can't brag about it. It's something that he has given me. But something else he has given me is a desire and a heart to shepherd. And what a great calling that is. But what do you mean to me? I mean, there's, I'm, I'm nothing without you. And really, biblically, you're nothing without me because we are the body of Christ and we need each other. I'm not complete without you. You're not complete without us. So I'm excited to be a part of this body that has been bought by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love you, and I'm honored to serve alongside you. Well, my name is Brian Harper, and I wouldn't, I got to mention my amazing wife, Amy, and my two beautiful little girls, Elizabeth and Emily. You know, we've been members here at Living Word Church for the past seven years, and it is just an absolute privilege It is the honor of a lifetime to be able to serve our church in this role. You know, my heart for Living Word Church is just to see us continue to grow in our love for the Lord, to continue to grow in our love for his word, and to continue to grow in our love for one another. You know, this church church has a a rich history of being faithful to the Lord, of reaching out to our community, of reaching out to the whole world through our missions. And I am just so excited as we are stepping into this next chapter, this next season for what God has in store for this house. It is a very exciting time, and I just can't wait to get started. Living Word Church, this is a humbling experience, such a blessing. All glory go to God. Praise God for redeeming me, transforming me, saving me, loving me in that journey he gave me shepherds 
He gave people that loved me, cared for me, guide me, taught me, instruct me. And I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for those shepherds being obedient. I'm going to be that for you. Um, I'm going to love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to shepherd you. I'm going to counsel you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to rejoice with you. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to exalt the name of Jesus Christ with you. I love Jesus. Jesus is in me. And because he's in me, I'm drove to love you. And I'm ready to see the growth of Living Word Church together. This is our honor. Love y'all guys. All right, so you guys are wondering why I skipped over the guy in the... What color is that suit, Manny? Cream. Well, I skipped over the guy in the cream suit. Skipped over him for a reason. So this is, um, this is bittersweet. It's sad, but it's also joyful. Uh, Manny Vera was a lay, uh, a lay elder for about 30 minutes. But uh, Manny Vera is going to be coming on staff as a, as a staff pastor. Uh, but that, that is because, first of all, God's called him into a role, but... Um, Kevin Laughlin and Danielle, where, where are they? I'm sorry, right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, Kevin and, and, and Danielle. Kevin is the children's pastor, has been for the last year plus, and Danielle is the nursery director. And they approached me and Matt Carnes uh, right after the storm. They'd been feeling prior to, to the storm that God was calling them uh, to move, and they have family uh, in different parts of the country. And um, so they're, they're going to be moving. But they're going to be here until the end of school year, until June. They'll still be a part of the church. And I'd like to invite Kevin to come up and just share from his heart about what God has done in his life. Good morning, church. I will say that I think Manny is a little overdressed for a children's pastor. And I, I think the kids might be a little scared of him if he dresses like that every Sunday. So you might have to knock it down a notch, Manny. No. All jokes aside, um, we just want to say thank you. It's, it's been such a privilege and an honor to be a part of this church congregation. You know, we moved here in 09, and we've been here and just got welcomed into this church. And then, you know, the last uh, year and a half or so, just being on staff here and all of you just entrusting us with your prized possessions, your children. And I think anytime you walk into, uh, you know, any kind of ministry position, you go into it wanting to give. But never has there been a time where I went into a ministry position wanting to give and didn't walk away feeling like I received way more than I brought to the table. And uh, your kids have ministered to me just being in that position. I think I can speak for Danielle and myself. They've grown us up. They've pushed us to the Lord. Um, God has grown us up and done so many things as we try to just invest in your children. And I will say your children are great. Um, they are some smart kids, and uh, they have impressed me week in and week out on their knowledge of the Bible and Scripture. So obviously you as parents are doing a tremendous job. But I'll say this, it's, it's a wonderful environment in that children's ministry over there. But it's not just because of Danielle and myself. It's because of the wonderful volunteers that we've had. It's the cooperation with the parents. It's just been a pleasant time back there. 
And as much as I'm wore out Sunday afternoons going home uh, after watching, you know, about 80 kids for two hours, uh, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss your kids. It's been a privilege just to get to know them on a personal, uh, relational basis and get to know them individually. Um, and it's, it's tough. It is tough. But we feel like God is calling us to a, a new chapter in our lives. We're excited about that. Uh, but there's emotions and feelings that go on with it. Uh, but I'm also excited about Manny and Brittany stepping into that role. Uh, you know, I've, I've had an opportunity to work with Manny. He's been helping us out in children's ministry for a while now. And just to hear his heart and his excitement about the Lord and about ministry, it's, uh, it's really put life into me. And so we're excited about what God's going to do through him and in this journey. And like Ben said, we're not leaving tomorrow. We're going to be here, and we want to make this transition as smooth as possible uh, for the kids' sake, for, for God pouring into them, and for Manny and Brittany. So we're going to be helping out wherever we can in order to make this transition uh, as smooth as possible until we're moving on. But I'd also like to thank Ben, Matt, Vern, just all the pastors here. This church, this leadership has been so good to us and our family. Um, it really is a tough thing to walk away from. But again, we just want to say thank you, and we love you all. Thank you. Good morning, Living Word. I'm grateful to be with y'all. Just a disclaimer, I will not be this dressed up in children's church. I'll take the tie off. So uh, I want to share with you my heart. But first, I want to tell happy birthday to a special girl to me. Zoe Joy is turning four today. My second girl. I love you, Zoe Joy. She smiles so big. So, first off, I want to give glory and honor to God because this is his calling on my life. I didn't choose this. Um, I did choose it. But he has, uh, he has made a way for it, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm also grateful for Pastor Ben. I want to thank you so much for uh, following the biblical pattern of this eldership program. And then all the other pastors, as Brother Daniel explained, that all the other pastors were here with us, um, teaching us and, and, and during this with us. And it was so amazing to, uh, to be able to see that and to be able to see Ben's heart um, for this church growth um, and, for, and for you all for, to shepherd this flock. You know, before this program... I wanted to serve the body uh, in a higher capacity, so much so that I remember one day talking with Ben on the phone. I was driving from work one day, home from work, about recommending a, uh, a seminary to me. Which, which, one, which one would he recommend, which would be best? Because I really wanted to dig deeper into God's word, to know his word, and to know it accurately um, with a deep passion. And also before this, I... Um, Felt on my heart, Brittany and I felt on my heart that it would be good to serve together. Uh, we would we would come to the to the outreaches. I was um, ushering. I just felt at this time in my life that it was it was time to serve with my wife Brittany, um, and it was I'm so grateful to do so and, and grateful that the way that it happened is um, with Kevin and Danielle to be able to do that with them. Uh, To be able to do that, you know, Kevin, Kevin pouring into my heart and, you know, God taking me through so many things and 
starting to volunteer in the, in, the, in the children's church, I honestly thought in my mind that I would be holding a baby in the nursery with my wife, but teaching 30 or 40 kids uh, in, the, uh, in the fellowship hall was a great blessing, too, and so grateful to be able to do that. And um, so throughout this eldership program, I started to have a desire to want to teach um, God's word and opportunities presented themselves and I was able to do so and, and so grateful for those opportunities again as long along with the uh, the children's ministry and so I would have to say during this program if you would ask me and I'm sure it would be the pride of uh, most of these guys what what's gonna what's gonna look like when you're done what are you gonna be doing I would have told you I would be faithful to what God has called me to do and seek him and um, continue in his word and, and, and pray. But little did I know that this would come about uh, so quick. And I'm, I'm so grateful and so touched by God to call me to do this. It truly is amazing. But I wouldn't trade it. And, and God's plan is, is something that we don't know ultimately. Um, but his plan will come to pass. So I'm so grateful. So grateful for that. Um, I have my Bible up here. I love my Bible. Y'all have your Bible with y'all? I love God's word. Um, it means very much to me, and I highly regard it. And what also means very much to me is, is this ministry of the children that the Lord is blessing me with, something that I take, again, uh, very serious, and I'm so grateful to be able to do that. I have this verse here in Deuteronomy 6, and in Deuteronomy, Moses tells the Israelites several times about teaching the ways of God to his children. Um, and it's more so even throughout scripture in Joshua and in uh, similar books. But Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your home and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. I understand the weight of that. And then also, as Jesus said in the Gospels, let these children come unto me, for such is the kingdom uh, is theirs. And what that means was at that time, if the the... Children were more of a burden until they could carry their weight or help uh, carry their weight in the family and provide and work. Um, And then also they saw them as a hindrance in that way. But God says, don't see them as a hindrance. But the gospel is for everyone, not just adults and people who can do, who can intellectually think about these things, but everyone. And that's what they're talking about. And that sometimes I'm sure you can agree we should have this childlike faith like our children. I'm sure some of you have maybe had experiences where your child's faith and just their quick words and through a, a trial just uplifted you. And it's like, wow, such a reminder of God's childlike faith. So I want you to know that I understand the weight of this. I understand that these children are a blessing from God and that I understand that they will be standing in our place one day. And that the foundation that we build for them and what we put in their minds will ultimately go out throughout the world. 
And I take that seriously as well. And I understand that we should teach them in these ways. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. Praise be to God for that. So I want to, for you to be confident in knowing that, that that's how I view this. And I'm committed and I vow to God this. I'm, I, come out, I commit myself to this, to teaching them this and also to you. And that I'll assist you and join you as you teach, as your responsibility is as a parent to teach your kids these things. And I'm so grateful for that, that to be a part of that. And I, I just want to thank you um, for trusting us and trusting Pastor Ben and God and his decision um, with putting me here. But if I could just ask for you to pray for Brittany and me and also these other elders up here as we press into God and that we seek to lead with conviction and a godly wisdom and a love for his people and and a holy reverence for him and for our Lord and Jesus Christ. Bless you. Thank you so much. Love you all.